Hello, everyone. This is Picks with the Professor After Dark, Episode 1. Today, we're talking late games of Week 2 of the 2021 college football season. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and my picks on Twitter. And Professor Sides, back with me to break down the games and make some picks is Cousin Jared. And as always, these picks will be posted and tracked on Twitter, Betstamp, and the Google Sheet. Links are in the description below. If you like what you hear, please like and subscribe. Look, if you're a night owl who loves college football, this is the podcast for you. If it's Saturday after dinner and you haven't figured out what plays you want to make for the late games, this is the podcast for you. Today, we're going to cover five of the six late games. Let's get right to it. First one on the docket, Cousin Jared, Vanderbilt at Colorado State. Colorado State is a seven-point favorite, but I think you're actually looking at a total on this one. Yeah, definitely looking at the total, and um, for what it's worth, I think this is my favorite play of the entire weekend. Uh, didn't oh. make that proclamation in week zero or week one. Um, but, but I think this is my favorite play. Um, so Vanderbilt at Colorado State, the total uh, widely available 50 and a half. This, this doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, no sense at all. Vanderbilt scored three points last week against ETSU. Uh, it's not know, good. No, no. If you don't know who ETSU is, I didn't either. It's Eastern Tennessee State University. Um, I mean, the offense was anemic. You're not turning that around in, in one week. Going to play, I mean, you know, I don't want to be, you know, sound crazy here and act like the altitude here is going to make a big difference. But is, that, you know, is you there a course field effect, right? There's, the ball's not going to fly further. No, 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 <laughs> the ball is not going to fly further. It may fly further, but I'm sure they'll just be overthrowing their receivers. Overthrowing anyway. receivers, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, so, it, means, it means that it means more field goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect for an under. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's just really bad, and I don't see it getting any better um, this weekend. Uh, but on the other side, and maybe the re the reason that um, you know really pushes this over the edge for me, so I went back and did some research on Steve Adazio coach teams. Um, so I included 2020 COVID, weird year, all that good stuff. Uh, but his his uh, last six full seasons at uh, Boston College, I'm going to read off his uh, rush offense percentage or so what percentage of the plays that he called were rushing plays 67 percent 60% 62% 63% 64% 70% let me tell you something when uh, Colorado State has the ball the clock will be running it will mm -hmm. be tick 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 this game I think will go quickly because Vanderbilt they're probably going to have more than a few three and outs but also they weren't really able to throw the ball very effectively. I think they're going to try to keep it on the ground as well. I, again, this seems too easy to me. It's favorite bet of the weekend. I don't see how either team, I think Colorado State's looking at maybe 28 and Vanderbilt's looking at 10, something like that. I think this is easily under. Uh, so I'm going with under 50 and a half on this game. Okay. Okay. No play for me. I make the game uh, about six and a half points. Uh, so, so nothing for me, but I like what you said there in the under, uh, interesting side note, you know, you talk about all the rushes, haven't we figured out that optimal split is like 60, 40 pass, 70, 30 pass. It's something like the exact opposite of the numbers you just read to me. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. And I know that he had a, he had a pretty good running back there at Boston college at Dylan. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good running back, but at some point you kind of are who you are. And like you said, that's going to yep. be a lot of, a lot of time ticked off. So yep. next game, San Diego state at Arizona, Arizona is a one point favorite. Yeah. So uh, let, let me just say, um, I think, uh, you know, viewers of this podcast, listeners of this podcast, uh, we're all tuned into the San Diego State game last week, because I, I know that we had multiple plays on that. I know the model likes San Diego State uh, to cover against New Mexico. I had the um, under on that game. And 
wow, was that game ugly. It was tough to watch for sure. It really was. Um, I was very disappointed with San Diego State in that game. Uh, I came away thinking a lot less of them than I did. They won by 18, but I mean, New Mexico State, as you alluded to, model thinks is probably the worst team in FBS mm-hmm. football. Yep. Um, so it was, it was even even true. after last week, they still think they're the worst, but they're the worst by less now than they were before. Okay. Well, I think this tells me volumes about San Diego State. Um, Brady Hoke had success there before. I I thought for sure that he was going to be fine. I mean, the Mountain West, in my opinion, has gotten better. I didn't think he was going to have a great season, but I thought it was going to be a fine season, but I I don't think things are looking uh, good for them. On the other side, I was pretty impressed with Arizona's effort and kind of what they showed against BYU last week. Um, Clearly, you know, it's kind of a year zero situation there, but, you know, I I thought they had good effort. I think that they were decently coached up. uh, And I think this is going to be one opportunity that Arizona has, maybe one of two opportunities Arizona has to get a win this year. Um, I think they're playing Northern. Yeah, I I think they're playing Northern Northern Arizona. Yeah, Northern that's, Arizona next week. That's, that's their the, one. That's the that's the big easy win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is probably the only other one because they, they won't be favored in any other game. I don't think. No, I, they're definitely not winning. I don't think they're winning any other Pac-12 South game. I can't imagine them winning against any of the Pac-12 North teams. I don't know. The Pac-12 uh, North looked really bad. To be fair, <laughs> they they looked bad, but I would still pick Oregon State over them. Uh, yeah, they're they're. Yeah, anyway, so I think this is going to be one of the only times that Arizona comes out and gets a chance to win. I think the players are going to come out fired up. I think there was a little bit of positive momentum even in that loss last week. Uh, I think they're saying this is way better than how it ended under the someone uh, ended with someone there. So I think they're going to come out and get a win. So I'm definitely have no issue laying the one point there. It's a no play for me. I made this game a pick on. I, I like what you said there. To me, it's, it's a little tough. Arizona did look good last week against BYU. I was on BYU, so so that was a little bit of a surprise how well Arizona played. San Diego State, I, I don't know what to make of them. Um, I, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, did they just come out flat thinking that they could roll over New Mexico State? They got the ball rolling late, scored 28 unanswered, and, 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 they're, and they're better than what they showed, or do they have serious flaws? If that's a seriously flawed team, I don't think they go into Arizona and win, and I think that's kind yeah. of your position. So that's, that's the question you have to ask yourself, or, or do you give them a pass? Uh, against New Mexico State, and, um, and I am not giving anybody a pass against New Mexico. You probably, State. you you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Speaking of BYU, our next game, Utah, who is a seven-point uh, favorite at BYU. What do you got for us here? So, I, I've I've been waiting for this game all off season. Um, I, I think. BYU is going to have some flaws this year just because of the amount of production they have returning, which is to say basically none. Um, They're only returning 35% of their production from last year. The national average, just for reference, was 76% this year, especially with all of the the free year. Yeah, all the free year. And and they lost the offensive coordinator. Yes, they lost the offensive coordinator. uh, Grimes going to to Baylor. So uh, I... I knew that I think there's Baylor's be some... quarterback going to Utah. There's Baylor involved all yes. over this game. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think that uh, for the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some value in fading BYU. I, I, I kind of like, as you just alluded to, I didn't think it was going to be their week one. I don't think Arizona is very good. Um, so that was a stay away for me. But this is the, the place I've been looking um, all year. I was really looking forward to this game. 
so again, BYU only returning 35% of their production from last year. Utah returns 80%, um, which is above the national average. But as you alluded to, um, that, that doesn't account for Brewer coming in. So he's not counted as returning production, but he's got tons of starts under his belt. He's, he's really experienced in everything. So normally... Uh, on this game, I would say take the points. It's um, always seems to be a, a close game. That is a nasty rivalry. They do for sure. not like each other. No, they... I, I remember. I think I remember in this game. Wasn't this? It was, it was last year or two years ago? I guess it wasn't last year. It was probably two years ago. They had the like the parent who like went to one school and the kid played at the other school. And I swear they went to the stands and talked to that parent like six times to be like, how much is this torturing you? And they were like, Oh, I hate this school. I mean, it was just, yeah. they just kept going back to that same family. Or something. Yeah. They yeah. do not yeah. like each other. Out there. No, no, no. It's, it's called the, yeah. It's called the Holy war for a reason. Um, but every handful of years you get a game that's not, not close. It's usually, Utah on the winning end of that just because of the talent disparity uh, with the Big 12 or with, uh, excuse me, <laughs> get ahead of myself, BYU going to the Big 12 there. Uh, the Pac-12 uh, talent and just the advantage that um, Utah has in recruiting. I think this is one of those years um, with the talent Utah has and uh, with the lack of uh, returning people for BYU. Um, I'm going to lay the seven with Utah here. I'm on the other side. I'm going to take the seven with BYU. I make this only a six point game. Uh, Brewer has some question marks. Um, as a, a Baylor fan myself, yeah. I don't know what you're getting with him. He has been fantastic. He has also been not fantastic. With the injuries, he's had so many of them. And, and he gave his heart and soul to Baylor. And so as a Baylor mm. alum, you know, kudos to him. He has nothing but the utmost respect in my book. But I just, I don't quite know um what he has left at this point how much his body can take so there's some question marks there i'm just kind of going under like you said rivalry game close game the model doesn't take that into account but it makes me mm -hmm. like the pick because it could be a seven point game could be a six point game could be a three point game mm -hmm. I, I watch it's going to land on 10 he's saying this i don't think utah is going to win by 10 right i think it's either going to be a close game and be what you covers or utah kicks the crap out of them and so to mm -hmm. me I like taking the points because I think that's a 55% chance maybe of happening and then a 45% chance Utah gets the crap out of them. Okay. Um, so it's kind of where my head is at on that one. And, you know, other statement, hey, if you just want to blanket fade the Pac-12 North this week, that would not be a bad <laughs> move in my book, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I kind of like that too, just play against all of those teams because I think they're all garbage. Yeah. Um, Sticking in the Pac-12 here with these late games, I think it's going to have to UNLV at Arizona State. Arizona State is a 32-point favorite, and we're going to have some fun with this one. I'm taking UNLV plus 32 <laughs> as I make them only plus 30. Hey, maybe just fade the whole Pac-12, right? It's a lot yeah. of points. But look, they're, they're, the kids will be tired. They'll be asleep by then. Arizona State will yeah. get 28. Everyone will stop caring, and they'll go home, and we'll get a nice little – We'll cover there. Yeah. It's too many points. I love taking these big points things when it makes sense, not like the Friday games, right, where there's just yeah. too many points in those and who the heck yeah. knows what's going to happen. I think UNLV is going to fight hard in this one, uh, can keep it close. Maybe a first half play if that's something you're interested to do, just to have them fight in there and hold on for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so not a play here for me. I would definitely lean the other way. Um, I know uh, reading Herm Edwards' post-game comments, he was not impressed with Arizona's um, effort in the first game. He thought – I think his quote was something to the effect of Arizona State uh, played Arizona State uh, tonight. And so I think that they're going to get some of the stuff cleaned up this week. I think they're going to come out sharp. Um, if I had to take a play, I'd go with Arizona State. I just, you know, 
I've read all the think pieces about UNLV over the years and why they're not better, you know, than, than they are when they can sell Las Vegas. Um, but, you know, that's too many points for me. It's just stay away for sure. Hey, they don't have to be that good. They just have to be not completely horrible in this game, right? That's, that's, a, that's a lot of points right there. We're just hoping for some, you know, 30 to 7 kind of game, right? And, and yeah. we're to the window on that one. And then yeah. our last game, Stanford at USC. USC is a 17-point favorite. Stanford is bad. I think they are going to mm. – they, they did not look good uh, this last week. I think that program has just completely fallen from grace. I took USC last mm. week. They got us to the window. I see no reason to change that up. I make this USC minus 19 and a half. If you just said, what do I think as a person, I, I would have said 20, 21, mm. maybe even – maybe you get to 24, I kind of start staying away. But USC minus 21 seems pretty fair on this one. Uh, I, I just don't see, I know it's a little bit of a rivalry and Stanford will be up for it or whatever, but I just don't think they're in the same stratosphere with this USC team. Yeah. So what did the, remind me, what did the model say last week about the Stanford Kansas state game? So this, so it's an interesting case. Uh, we talked about this on the, the main podcast. That was one where the model had Stanford as a, as a favorite. It liked Stanford so much that I said, I'm not mm. going to play this. And this is one of those things where I looked into it and it had Stanford rated way higher than every preseason mm -hmm. metric did. And so I looked at it and I said, I don't trust this at all. It was, it was just too big of an edge. This week, you see them come cratering down to earth. And now I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, now we've actually rated Stanford appropriately. I yeah. just don't, I don't know why in week one, like I said, it was just so far out of line. It was just a complete stay away because I looked at that and I said, I know the model saying this is about Stanford, but there was no way that I was going to take them against Kansas State knowing yeah. what that program has become yeah so this is this is why i'm here for the podcast because uh throughout the numbers i'm going to tell you what i see with my eyes and they right, definitely right, lie like to me. so stanford and kansas state stanford obviously everybody knows how stanford wants to play they want to play bully ball they want to ugly it up um you know want to play the game in a phone booth the thing with kansas state is kansas state says perfect that's exactly <laughs> what we want to do too let's go and you know like you said stanford's just not very good i think that these teams that want to go fast and spread them out, I think Stanford makes them so uncomfortable with the way that they play. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of the teams in, in the Pac-12 should be used to that by now, and they should kind of know how to better prepare themselves. But every year, Stanford sneaks up on a USC or Oregon or a Washington or somebody that the past couple of years they've had no business really being in a game with. Um, so this this is a no play for me. If, if I had a lean, it would probably be taking the 17 points um, just because I think that, you know, they could make it ugly and the back door could be wide open somewhere in the fourth quarter. Um, say what we will about how the program has crashed. I don't think they've ever quit on their coach. So I think if the back door is open. I think they definitely could easily slide right in there. Uh, again, no play for me, but I'd probably lean toward taking the 17 points. Interesting. And I, and I get, I get what you're saying there. My concern, and this is what you listener, you know, have to ask yourself is, can Stanford move the ball enough to frustrate USC? Because I'm reminded of, again, as a, as a Baylor alum, when, uh, you know, Baylor had some of their best teams, they were, um, you know, running and gunning. And the teams that really frustrated them at Kansas State could yep, really Kansas frustrate State. them at times when they held the ball and had these long drives and could get a stop. But the thing that the Kansas State teams did when they frustrated the Baylor or the teams like them, they did two things. Number one, they were able to get a couple of three and outs. They were able to get a couple of three and outs so that it was the, the Baylor defense was constantly on the field. And they were able to move the ball 
And they didn't even have to move the ball and get seven. They just had to move the ball, hold the ball long enough, put up points. And so it was one of those things where you had a whole quarter and the offense had three plays, that sort of thing. And I think the question you have to ask yourself, and this is where just the model doesn't think they can, and my eyes don't think they can. I don't know if Stanford can get a three and out on Southern Cal. And even if they do, I don't think they can move the ball and have those long sustained drives. I think the Stanford of old could. I just don't see it happening uh, right now. But if they do, if that's something that you believe they can do, then I think you make some good points there. It just depends on how that plays out. And so that wraps us up for episode one of Picks with the Professor After Dark. I'm Professor Sides. That was Cousin Jared. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. As always, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.